Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Minor Leaguers. Brett Block, along with Mr. Oceans, Jaden Jones. By the way, I, I'm still trying to figure out the perfect intro for you. Uh, what did you think of that one? That, that, that one was good. I, I like it. Just keep testing some out and, and we'll, we'll find one that fits. There'll be, there'll be one that clicks for sure. Uh, so a couple things that we're talking about on the episode this week will be much shorter uh, than the one that we had on Sunday. Uh, the CFL, they have officially canceled their season. The NBA has seen a couple of upsets, both considered major and minor. Uh, we'll also be looking at the MLS and how they're influencing the NFL. And we'll also, uh, I want to say conspiracy, but it's not really conspiracy, but uh, their take on the national anthems. But before we get to any of that, Jaden, we got to talk about the CFL or the Canadian Football League officially suspending their season as the Canadian government denied them a $130 million loan. And at this point, when I saw the news break, it wasn't really that big of a surprise. No, and we've been saying this for, for most of the year and, and ever since this uh, pandemic has hit, is that the CFL, we, we both think that they should be taking a couple years off and um, just to kind of reevaluate um, and, and kind of even make some necessary changes if, the, if there needs to be. But especially with this pandemic hitting a lot of people hard, it's definitely had a toll on the CFL and how they're going to be running their operations from, from here on out. Obviously, we know that they are not a profit-heavy league. Uh, they only they, they only make a little bit of money um, every year, but um, still, they, they've always been going strong with strong markets such as Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Hamilton, and, and so on and so forth. So I think it's 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 the right call to make that they um, that they just cancel the season, um, even with the government not giving the money. So it, it, it's the right call in my stance, and uh, I, I just hope that they can come back uh, next year or or even the year after that if they have to. Yeah, and I mean back in June when we first really started looking at the possibility of the CFL uh, or the Canadian Football League not having a season. We kind of knew from the beginning that there was going to be a couple issues just because of the way they had the league run. They even said the way that they make most of their money is by having fans and seats. And considering I think it's only three or four franchises, such as the Montreal Alouettes, the Toronto Argonauts, and the BC Lions are really the only ones that are owned independently from the cities. I think Calgary, Winnipeg, Edmonton, uh, Saskatchewan, and Hamilton... Uh, city, the city or, or or the province has some ownership within the group, so it was very difficult to see them being able to try and flip the bill to to pay their players independently. Um, now, the one thing that I've seen from a Canadian sports point of view is that is this a failure on the CFL? Uh, the Canadian Premier League, the Canadian Elite Basketball League, both brand new leagues were able to get up and going within their bubble. Um, pretty much every other sports in North America, major or minor, is finding some way of continuing the season. So, on on behalf of the Canadian Football League, is this some sort of failure on this part? Does this make show the league that it really is an embarrassment? Because we've heard a lot of even our buddies talking about like the Canadian Football League. It's a joke. No, I I don't think it is. Um... A lot of people didn't know how to handle this pandemic. 
And in my opinion, they're playing it safe. They're saying, you know what? We're going to take a break this year. We'll come back. Because they don't want uh, something to happen to their players where there's an outbreak on teams or um, just maybe, like, worst-case scenario, someone dies, a player dies, or, or an employee dies of the team. And for football, it's very hard. We're seeing it with the NFL. It's very hard to find infrastructure if they were going to go and do the bubble. It's very hard to find the infrastructure um, to house all those teams that have 50 to 70 players and employees um, that would need housing, food, um, somewhere to play, somewhere to practice, that sort of thing. So I think they're playing it safe. I think it's the right call what they're doing. Um, and yeah, like I said before, I hope that they can come back next year, but in no means, uh, but by no means are they, um, like not doing a, a great job. I think that, like I said, they're playing it safe and, um, they should be proud of that. Um, yeah, and I mean, I mean, personally for me, on my point of view, on my standpoint, is that the Canadian Football League, they, for the most part, were trying to do everything right. When it came to uh, having a bubble city, they pretty they had chosen Winnipeg. Manitoba was going to give them $2 million to kind of help out with any extra costs with housing or hotels. Uh, they, they had some sort of backup there, but it really looked like it came down to, at the very end, to how are they going to pay their coaches, pay their players, when you have so many teams based on, or that are owned by the city they play in. It does create some issues because you don't have that private funding coming in. And with with so many things going on with the pandemic, um, if you were to put out like $2 million as a city for your local football team to go play football, you're, you're, it's going to raise some issues within the community itself saying, do we really need that sort of, like, we get it, it's sports, it's entertainment, but it's not what we need right now. And I think for the most part, I think that the CFL, even if they decide to come back in 2021, they need to find uh, a better way of, of handling their sports teams instead of it being uh, locally owned. Uh, well, it can be locally owned, but it has to be owned by... A private company to to really make it stronger um i know the cfl i'm a huge fan of it i follow the argos uh i'm i, I you know i follow the nfl a little bit but for me it's always been the cfl and i really feel like maybe you don't come back in 2021 you come back in 2023 2024 uh new revitalized and, and a better financial plan than what we've seen because they've even admitted they're like the way that we make our money is by having fans coming to games, and that's that's our, our, our big revenue, is that gate revenue. Yeah, it's just going to be tough for, for stadiums like what they have in, in BC and what they have in um, like Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. Like That infrastructure just can't sit there for, what, three, four years while, while they kind of wait until this pandemic slows down? I mean... I, I get like right now it's still fresh it's and there still might be the possibility of a second wave hitting but I just don't think that waiting three or four years is the right decision waiting a couple months waiting one year fine I understand that and do what everyone else is doing and, and maybe just starting by bringing season ticket holders and making sure they're socially distanced um, taking more precautions um, 
so that you're still um, looking after the safety of the fans and the players, but you're also still bringing in some sort of um, viewership and, and fans into the actual stadium, and so they can continue um, their league. I, I just don't, I just don't agree with you on that. They should be waiting three or four years. Uh, I think they should just be waiting like six to twelve months. Yeah, and I mean, for me, my biggest take uh, on that was, you know, just to figure out and and really find investors into the league to make sure it's much more sustainable so that way if, you know, down the road if something like this was to happen again, God forbid, they'd be a little bit better off. Because we know that financially the CFL has had their issues in the past where the NFL has sent them a loan to kind of help bail them out. Um, TSN has been very big on on spending huge broadcasting rights to, to get them. Um, yeah, I just, I, I would say, like, take the time to really figure out a better way of getting people to invest in the league, to get more financial support behind your teams. And, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you would do that if you maybe open the idea again to having American teams or to uh, get rid of the rule about how many Canadians are allowed to be there. Uh, but that that's... Uh, that's personally just my take. Either way, CFL season, it's officially cancelled for this year. Uh, if you're a Canadian football fan, it sucks. I'm with you on that one. But, uh, you know, hopefully we get some football next June and it'll be back stronger than ever. And uh, just get some competitive Canadian football back. Uh, on the other side of things, NBA, they've been going very strong in the bubble. Um, with some actual surprises with uh, the game one of... The Magic and the Bucks, for me, I had the Bucks sweeping this, no problem. Magic take game one. And then the Lakers in, I don't want to say a, a, a huge upset, but for sure an upset uh, with Portland beating them in game one, too. Yeah, two absolutely unbelievable uh, games going on. Unfortunately, I did not catch the Bucks versus Magic. I was on the road for, for most of the day yesterday. But I did stay up and watch the Portland Trail Blazers beat the Los Angeles Lakers. And, and all I got to say is that these Portland Trail Blazers are no joke, okay? So you got Damian Lillard absolutely going off. He had 34 points, 5-5. Five and five. CJ McCollum hitting some big shots down the stretch. He had 21 points. And then Carmelo Anthony, not as many points, but he did have some really timely buckets. Um, ended up with 11 points and 10 rebounds. So... Those three guys leading the way. Oh, sorry, can't even forget. Yusef Nurkic, the Bosnian beast. 16 points, 15 rebounds. Doing it for um, his grandma that had recently passed. I believe it was her. Um, but they got a squad over there. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. They, uh, I, I didn't think that they would have it in them to, to beat the Lakers. I just figured Lakers are were, were so much... Let me see. Let me say this. They were so much overhyped than the Trailblazers were. I definitely thought that the Lakers would come out um, banging bodies, knocking down threes. I, I thought it would be the playoff Lakers, but Portland shut me up, proved me wrong, and uh, Portland's up one nothing in the series so far. I think the big thing when you look at the Portland and LA Lakers series is that the fact that uh, before the playoffs started, Dame was getting called out by a few of the other players because. Uh, he really wants to be his own super team. He, he doesn't want to go play with the other guys wherever they might be. He wants to be with Portland. He wants to make them their own super team. And he wants to bring a couple of chips to that city. Um, 
And I think, too, like, uh, it wasn't so much the Lakers that were calling him out, but I think it was a few guys on uh, the Clippers that were saying, oh, yeah, like, good luck. You're, like, you're going to be s- swept in the first round, no problem. But, like, he just came out and he's like, no, I want this. This is my city. This is my team. I'm going to put them on my back and we're we're going to go all the way as far as I can take them. And I think that, you know, you know, we talked a little bit about this before with the bubble anything is possible and even when the restart started uh, a couple weeks ago the the lakers they they looked iffy like they all weren't there like you had lebron and ad doing their thing and and i talked a little bit about this too before but you know if the depth in the lakers doesn't come through and and something happens to lebron or something happens to ad that team's done i don't really see anybody on that team stepping up to help them out and and it could be a first or second round exit for them yeah, and, and one more player that I want to mention is LeBron James. He absolutely went off in the game yesterday. He had 23 points, 16 assists, and 17 rebounds. And now it's very tough for him because right now he has a, a bunch of guys out. He has J.R. Smith out, he has Rajon Rondo out, and he has a, a couple other guys as well. But the, but the guy that um, really hurts it for them is, is Rajon Rondo. He's their point guard. He's their facility facilitator and with him out LeBron has to take on that role he has to rebound he has to pass he has to get points and it's it can be too much and especially on a squad like this when you have so many different shooters and, and so much athleticism you you want that facilitator uh like a Rajon Rondo on on your team in your starting lineup so that LeBron can focus on okay I'm just going to either get buckets or I'm going to get boards. I, I, I don't have to do everything. I can focus on what my, my main mission is. I can focus on one teeny part of this game that I can uh, impact the most and uh, and make my mark on it. I, I think, too, um, when we look at two of these upsets, uh, it's very different stories for both teams. I think when you look at the Orlando Magic taking game one against the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm not too worried. I feel like the Bucks they're coming back game two stronger and it's going to be an annihilation from that standpoint. I think when you look at a team like the Lakers versus Trailblazers, it's a completely different one and eight seed uh, from the West versus the East. So I think it'll be a lot more interesting to see what happens moving forward in uh, the Lakers and the Trailblazers. To me, um, Giannis, for the, for the most part during uh, the game, when at least when I was watching it, uh, the Magic did a great job in holding Giannis to only, I think it was like seven or nine points within the first quarter and a half, but went absolutely off the last two quarters, dropping 31 points. So to me, Giannis, I'm not too worried about the Bucks. To me, it was just one of those games where it was like a, a, a whoops, we got to take these guys more serious. It's not going to be easy as what we think it is, but the Lakers Trailblazers going to be very interesting moving forward. And uh, I think I think we might see a surprise. I I, I don't want to say anything or throw it out there, but like I said, Denver to me is going to make it to the finals, and uh, I feel like this might prove my point a little bit. But that might just be me getting cocky with the whole Toronto uh, Maple Leafs and Columbus Blue Jackets things. But that's another thing. Yeah, that's, that's that's enough out of you. <laughs> Listen, I, I I last night um I was actually playing some beach volleyball in Kingston. And I was talking to some of the people there, and, and I was talking to my buddy about the Portland and the Lakers. And this was before game one, okay? So this was uh, yesterday evening. And I'm just like, you know what? I want Portland to win so bad, but I just think that 
with all the storylines and everything, I think that the NBA is going to want the Lakers to win. And we know all the top professional sports teams are corrupt in one way or another, including the NBA. So, I'm to me, I just thought, you know what? The, the refs are going to give the Lakers a call here and there at, at some pretty key times. So, you know what? I'm going to throw 20 bucks down on this on this series. I say Lakers take Portland in six. And let me tell you this. When I say I woke up to a message from my buddy, oh, I, I, he was giving it to me. He was like, oh, yeah, how'd you feel about the, uh, taking the Lakers now, huh? Port, Portland in five. or I think he said Portland in five or Portland in seven, but... I mean, he was really giving it to me, and, and I really hope the, the Lakers don't let me down on this one. I need that money. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think I think the Lakers, technically, it goes back again, and uh, I'll, I'll get off this soon enough. Um, but, again, in theory, the Lakers are built so that they should beat Portland. But I feel like when you look at the West and just the, the depth that all the teams have there, uh, it's very competitive. And I feel like it's different from the East where it's like, one through six, it's interesting when you see all those guys matched up. But when you see seven and eight, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, the Raptors should beat the Nets. The Bucks should beat the Magic. Um, but in the West, I feel like it's it really is the Wild West. Uh, a little bit unpredictable and interesting to see what happens. But uh, we got to show some love, though, for Toronto Raptors. They're 2-0 over the Brooklyn Nets. Everybody looks to be playing amazing. I know... Uh, in the game today, they Lowry, Lowry was okay. He looked a little shaky. Same with uh, Siakam. Uh, the Nets did a really good job of boxing them out in the early part of the game, but Raptors really pulled together in the late stage of the game to uh, take the win. Got a little bit too close for me at the end there, but um, uh, it, good job by the Raptors. They, they look like they're really good. And uh, again, it looks like they could do a repeat this year. Well, let me let me say this first of all. I, I got to give it up to the Nets because they played outstanding in the first half. The first half and even some of the third quarter, they they really stepped up and and uh, and were playing like like a playoff team. I mean, they were out running. They were they were shooting like they were shooting the lights out against the Raptors. I'm like, okay, I didn't know like they were this good. I didn't think that they were going to show up today, but. I, I gotta say, Garrett Temple, twenty-one points. He he showed up. Joe Harris hit some key shots. I mean, Jared Allen was a beast down on the block. So the Nets had a really good game today. They had a good three quarters of the game. The fourth quarter, the Raptors were like, "Nope, we're defending champs. You guys aren't gonna take this from us this easy." They kept it close within a five-point range, and Van Vliet and Norman Powell both went off. Each had twenty-four points on the game. Both big. Uh, Big-time guys, they, they hit some big shots. And, of course, Norman with that Superman dunk at the end to seal it. I mean, o- overall, the Raptors could have played better in the first half, but a win's a win, and, and that's uh, you're, you're going to take that in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think really when it comes down to it, uh, in the playoffs, you, you want to play a perfect game. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is seeing a W on for your side. And that, that really is all that matters. So as long as you can get everything together before the game's over, you're good to go. Um, we'll move on to uh, Major League Soccer, who has, uh, surprisingly, they've returned to uh, the regular season. They're playing a, not a full season, but a half season. Um, even with some teams allowed to have fans in the stands, which uh, we talked about a couple podcasts ago, and I know we both agreed that, you know, it's a little bit too soon for that. But the National Football League, uh, there's an article, I think it was on ESPN, 
that talked about how the NFL could follow suit in having uh, season ticket holders or long-time season ticket holders being able to come to games. Now, it's obviously a little bit different with the National Football League having all-American teams. Uh, you know, What do you think of this? Because I think we both are in agreement when we say it's a little bit too early to have fans coming back to live sports. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's, it's going to be interesting kind of um, to see which team gets the, gets the first outbreak. But, yeah, it's way too early for fans to be coming back. We've been saying this all along. They need to be waiting until next year. Hopefully by then there will be a vaccine and, and it will be a bit easier and um, it will be more acceptable. But for right now, no. The, if you want, if there's a professional sports league out there, they, they basically have to be playing in, in the bubble and, and following the footsteps of the NHL and, and the NBA and the, and the MLS, really. Yeah, I mean, I think when Major League Soccer had their return, they did it perfectly with doing the bubble. They had a little bit of issues with uh, Nashville SC and FC Dallas with uh, a lot of their players and some staff uh, having COVID and having to pull out of the tournament. But now that they're back to it, they're kind of following uh, the MLB uh, with returning and having teams travel and playing in their home stadiums. I know it really is different for the National Football League and Major League Soccer because they both can... They only play once a week. So you have time to like the, the spread players out. It's a little bit easier to make sure everyone's safe. Um, and I know too that when they talk to the Canadian government about having American teams come play TFC... Montreal and Vancouver they're like listen you can have a team fly in like three hours beforehand and then they play their game which is two hours and then they fly out right afterwards and, and that's all they do they don't stay anywhere you're literally on a plane on to the pitch off the field back on a plane and they said that that could possibly be a way of doing it for some of the American teams that want to come north or even having uh, the Canadian teams traveling down and playing in the states, both sound kind of risky. Um, but I mean, I guess I guess to each their own. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that if that works. Because apparently, with the FC Dallas, when they had the fans at the game, there wasn't issues. They said like everyone was socially distanced, and obviously the mentality down there is a lot different than what it is up here. But uh, you know, it, it it could work at least even in the near future next year, having fans spread out like that and only doing. Not even a half stadium, but a quarter stadium of fans there. Yeah, it, it kind of looked weird. I'd seen some of the pictures, and it just it, it looked very different. Um, but hey, if they can, even though we think that they shouldn't be doing this right now, if they can do it and there are zero um, positive tests and, and they can't link any current positive tests back to it, then more power to them. But for the safety of the players and for the fans, it's just not the right time. Just no fans should be allowed in. Keep this, keep it in a bubble, and and keep everyone safe. Uh, again, uh, we'll we'll talk about FC Dallas a little bit more because there was a, a lot more. Uh, again, I use the word controversy, but it's not controversy. It's just people that uh, misunderstanding the point. And basically, when all the players at the beginning of the game. They kneeled uh, for the national anthem and and they were booed by the fans. And uh, this was something that a lot of players were outspoken about, that the coaches were outspoken about, saying, like, you know, you're missing the point about why we're doing this. 
and I, the, a lot of the feedback I saw on Twitter, at least in support of the people booing, was that, oh, you're kneeling for the national anthem, like that, that you know you shouldn't, you don't support America, then you're 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 missing all the points, and then it got very heated on Twitter between a lot of people chatting about it, and uh, you know Major League Soccer chimed in, and they said, well, why don't we just pull the national anthems before the games, and uh, Josie Altidore of the Toronto FC was uh, in favor of it, saying, you know. A lot of the players on the pitch, they, they're not American, they're not Canadian, so there's really no need in having the national anthems. And to me, if you take away the national anthems, and this is my personal point, um, you should keep them, 100% keep them. And it's up to the teams and the league to really educate the fans on why players are kneeling. If they don't understand, like the team needs to step up and be like, hey, to all of our supporters out there, we thank you for cheering us on. We thank you for coming to the games. But you need to understand why players are kneeling. And that is to bring light to Black Lives Matter and police brutality and what Colin Kaepernick did years ago. But everyone looked over because you had a lot of the owners just completely losing their mind that a player was, was kneeling for the national anthem and, and saying he was against America, which was completely not the point he was trying to make. What? they were doing was absolutely disgusting to see all those fans booing and for them not to understand why they're kneeling like after all this time if you don't understand why someone's kneeling you're just a complete idiot you are not bright whatsoever you have no knowledge on the social issues that they're trying to bring to light now that's that, that's all i'm going to say on that because i've I, i've had it with people not understanding why players and professional athletes are, are kneeling for for the anthem it's it's just gotten to a point where i, I just don't even want to interact with people that talk about that now going over to the anthem side of things i'm in disagreement with you i think that they should get rid of the anthem now that nowadays where all sports are so international and, and so worldwide where the anthem doesn't really even like. I'm not gonna say it doesn't matter, but it's what's what's the real point of it? That that's what it boils down to. What's the point of having the anthem? If you have a game, let's say that that is going on in Dallas, and let's say for for argument's sake, ten of the twelve players on the pitch are Canadian. Why are you? just playing the American anthem or, or why are you playing any anthem at all? Like, to, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, nowadays, with, like I said, everything's so international, everything's so known worldwide. There's there's people from different countries, from different parts of the world playing the sport. Like, if, if we're talking about equality nowadays, let's just play everyone's national anthem. Everyone that has... Um, Whoever's nationality is playing in that game, we play their national anthem. I, to me, it's it's the whole thing is just it, it, it's silly right now. I, I think that they should just can the national anthem. The players come out, they do a little warm up lap, and, and we get right into uh, into the game. And, and maybe then we'll um, sports will actually have a game that starts on time. Yeah, that'd actually be nice. It's they say, oh yeah, it starts at seven o'clock. Next thing you know, puck drops at like seven o eight. Or like seven fifteen, something ridiculous. 
Um, the one thing I got to say, and, and, you know, I was kind of looking into this issue beforehand about, you know, is it really worth playing the national anthems before sports? I would say for the most of us watching at home or, or for just fans in general, they're like, it doesn't add anything to the game. It's just kind of, you know, it's always been there. So you kind of expect it. But uh, it was brought up a really good point. And, and just being a fan of the UFC and Dana White, um, just talking about, they're like, listen, the UFC, it's international. And there's a lot of issues and things that kind of get thrown their way. And he's just like, listen, I'm just here to set up the fights and the fighters are paid to fight. If they want to go out of of their their time to talk about, you know, what's going on socially that's impacted or something that they're very passionate about, then they're they're they can do that. And if they want to stay quiet and just show up, fight, go home, they're they can do that too. If they want to praise their country and they want to show uh, how patriotic they are, they can do that. But as long as they show up and fight, that's all I care about. Other than that, the UFC is not involved with the fighters and what they do. And if something does happen, uh, they play by ear. Uh, you know, I got to really shout out UFC in the way that they handle things. Um, just because like even with other mixed martial arts promotions or, or leagues, they really want to be heavily involved and have a say in whatever their teams or players are doing. Um, I think the NBA does a really good job in trying to stay out of it where they're like, yeah, just show up, let them play. And if the athletes want to have their voice heard, they can have their voice heard. Um, and to me, I think the UFC has done a very good job of that. And I think a lot of other sports can can kind of follow suit with what they've done when it's come to having international fighters, uh, American fighters, or, or anything from all these diverse backgrounds. Yeah, and, and they have done a great job on that. Um, and I think that's what it boils down to. Just let the athlete decide what they want to do like you said if they want to speak out on social issues let them if they want to just come to the come to the arena do their thing and, and leave let them if they want to just stay completely quiet as long as they're doing their job right i mean as long as they show up they play they fight they do whatever that's on them but to, to me i i just don't think that the anthem should be played um at sporting events anymore i think times have changed and i think that now everyone's um all about equality which is a good thing that um you'd be very inclusive and just leave leave the anthem even though it is a, a sporting tradition some uh some traditions um uh, de- deserve to die um i'm on board with keeping the anthems or or just not playing them i personally to me they don't make a difference i understand why we have them um, but I just, honestly, when I tune in, I'm not looking for the anthems. I'm more or less looking for the game itself. And yeah, as long as I'm seeing the best of the best, that's, that's all I really care about and all I want to see. Uh, we're going to finish off the podcast a little bit shorter one than last time. Cause I think we went over an hour, which is very rare for us. Um, but, uh, so a question on the podcast last week, uh, we got a few responses. It was, do will video games produce better athletes for the future? Uh, Jaden, I know you said no. It's about putting it in the old-fashioned way. (laughs) And uh, I said I think it could help them uh, become better playmakers and and reading the play. We did the poll on Twitter at underscore minor leaguers. It came back 50-50, so I feel like everyone is going to like us. They're they're just like, yeah, I I don't know. Obviously, the work still needs to be done on the court or on the field or, or rink, whatever, to become a great athlete. But I think that you can see enhancements done with video games, at least for the intellectual side of the game. 
That's okay, man. It's okay to be wrong every once in a while. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> Um, so our question of the podcast for this week is that we have seen two, uh, I don't want to call them major upsets. The, I would say the Magic over the Bucks is a major upset, but uh, Portland over LA, not so much. So uh, the question of the podcast this week, it's going to be open-ended, but do you see a major upset happening in the NBA playoffs? And uh, and what series do you think it will be? Jaden, any, any guesses or, or any takes on you know, an upset that we might see? Okay, so I don't think that there's going to be any major upsets. I think the only series that where there could be an upset um, would be the Utah and Denver series. It just depends on, on that night who's hot and who's not. Um, today when we're recording this, the Jazz beat the Nuggets 124-105. Series tied 1-1. It's a very close series, and, and yeah, like I said... Um, each team has guys where they can they can drop 40 on, on any given night um, or even a triple-double. So that was going to be very interesting. I, I, I want Denver to pull it out um, just because I'm not a, a fan of the Utah organization and fan base. Uh, but uh, but Utah could take it. Who, who knows? And I think that's that's a series that where we could see a big upset. Um, I think for me, mine really lies kind of in the Eastern Conference where you have uh, you know, even when I say it, it's not really an upset, but with, uh, what is it, the Heat and Pacers, um, I, I guess technically if the, the Pacers beat the Heat, it's considered an upset because they're the lower seed, but uh, for me, I think if you're going to see an upset, it's going to be one of those close series where it's like, you know, both teams are good, both teams are fairly equal, the only difference about them is the number uh, that they were seeded, so I think... If we're going to see anything, it's it's going to be something like that where it's the 4-5 or five team. Um, I feel like, you know, again, uh, at the beginning of the episode, uh, Dame and the Trailblazers, uh, they're, they're not going to go just lying down. They're going to be kicking and screaming the entire way. So I think it'll be interesting, but I do think the, the Lakers should be moving on. It's obviously a lot different than hockey where, you know, basically anything's up for grabs. It really is... Depends on how the bounces go. NBA, it's a lot more. Your best players are your best players playing 40 minutes a night, so you should win no matter what. But, um, yeah, I'm going to say maybe if we're doing it, uh, the Pacers being the Heat, the 76ers maybe beating uh, the Celtics now that... Uh, Not a chance. Gordon, well, I mean, Gordon Hayward, he's done for the playoffs now, so I know Jason Tatum's good, but... Okay, so it's Ben Simmons, though. All right, fair enough. All right, uh, so we'll throw that. And, and, and just just to let you know, Boston did smack the hell out of Philly tonight. True, true. Okay, um, fair enough. What do you think? Do you think that there could be uh, uh, an upset in the NBA? And what series do you think it will be? You can go ahead and let us know on Twitter at underscore minor leaguers. There you can also get updates on all things sports and uh, updates on the podcast as well. Jaden, before we get out of here, do you want to plug your socials? Yep, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jaden G. Jones and on Instagram at underscore Jaden G. Jones. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Brett Black and uh, let us know anything sports related. Give us a tweet at, again, underscore my leaguers and uh, we'll see you in next episode and we'll talk to you soon. Stay safe. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do that.